From Hollywood, California, the Lux Radio Theater presents Janet Gaynor and George Brent in Mrs. Moonlight. Lux presents Hollywood. The Lux Radio Theater comes to you with the good wishes of the makers of Lux Flakes. It's made possible because you buy Lux Flakes so regularly. This year, more than ever, you need Lux because it's a luxable year. Stores are full of the new cottons, smart and crisp as iceberg lettuce, rayons and silks and many new textures. They'll all stay new looking longer with Lux. Give them the safe care you give your underthings and stockings. Just one washing failure may wreck a clothes budget, you know. Let me put it this way. It pays in dollars, and it costs only a few cents to use Lux for everything safe in water. Remember, a little goes so far. Lux is thrifty. It's a different type of play we bring you tonight, a most unusual romance of a girl who wished she might never grow old and whose wish came true. Janet Gaynor and George Brent are the stars of Mrs. Moonlight. Louis Silvers directs our orchestra, and Dr. Walter B. Pitkin, author of the famous bestseller, Life Begins at 40, is our special guest. And now, the producer of the Lux Radio Theater. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Cecil B. DeMille. <laughs> Greetings from Hollywood, ladies and gentlemen. I want to join with Melville Ruick in thanking you for your loyal support. You who listen to this program are partners in the Lux Radio Theater. It's for your pleasure that we produce these plays. It's your preference that helps select them, and your purchases of Lux that make this theater possible. Traveling across the country in connection with the opening of Union Pacific, I met a woman who asked me what she could do to express her thanks for the pleasant evenings that this theater had brought her. I told her the best way to show her appreciation was to buy the products behind the Lux Radio Theater, Lux Toilet Soap, and Lux Flakes. Those women in our audience who are not already using these splendid products, and I, I assume there are only a few, will thank me for suggesting their use. And we thank each and every one of you for your loyalty, which makes this theater possible. Some 400 years ago, in a newfound land called Florida, a Spanish explorer, Ponce de Leon, gave up his life on the altar of an age-old quest, the secret of eternal youth. And I doubt if there's anyone in our audience tonight who at some time or other hasn't wondered if there really was some fountain of everlasting youth. This idea has captured man's hope and imagination again and again. Tonight's play, Mrs. Moonlight, is the drama of a woman who finds that secret, a woman who never grows old. But what results from this, the events of our play will tell you. A play starring Janet Gaynor and George Brent, who in real life found the end of their quests here in Hollywood. Miss Gaynor is one of that select company of stars who were once Hollywood extras, an achievement not often duplicated. For the odds against the extra are 10,000 to one, unless that extra has the talent and determination of a Janet Gaynor. When an Irishman arrives in Hollywood, he can't come with a better background than the University of Dublin and that city's famous Abbey Theatre. George Brent, like the romantic ideal of his countrymen, has followed a quest of adventure, as a sailor, diamond miner, stoker, blacksmith, sheep herder, and vagabond, a trail that led eventually to Hollywood. He appears through the courtesy of Warner Brothers Studio and is currently starring in The Rains Came for 20th Century Fox. Tonight he plays Tom Moonlight, and Janet Gaynor is Sarah, 
as the Lux Radio Theater presents our adaptation of a great Broadway success, Mrs. Moonlight. Midsummer Night in England. The year is 1881, almost 60 years ago. In a tiny garden facing on the moors, a lovely young girl stands in a dress of shimmering white. Her face is lifted toward the full round moon, and her eyes are bright and shining, for tomorrow is her wedding day. But a dark cloud steals across the moon's face, and from the west comes the deep rumble of thunder. The girl turns, hearing a step in the shadows behind her. Edith? Edith, is that you? Yes. Whatever are you doing out here at this time of night, Sarah? Looking at the moon and thinking how happy I am. Oh, it's going to rain. Only a summer shower. I don't like it. There's a queer feeling in the air tonight. Have you felt it too? It'll be too bad if it rains tomorrow. Oh, it won't. It couldn't. You mustn't tempt Providence, Sarah. <laughs> I'm not afraid of Providence. I'm not afraid of anything tonight. I'm going to marry Tom Moonlight. And tomorrow, I'll be Sarah Moonlight. Isn't it the most beautiful name? Hmm. Very beautiful. Edith, you like Tom, don't you? Whatever made you think I didn't? Nothing. Only sometimes when I speak of him, you seem to... Oh, nonsense. It's your imagination. You'd better come in now. In a little while. Tom's stopping by to say goodnight. But don't you wait up. My maid of honor must look her best tomorrow, too. My best is only a candle beside you. No one will even notice me. Edith. There's Edith Jones, the bride's cousin. What a pity she didn't inherit the family looks. Edith, what is it? Aren't you happy for me? Oh, you know I am, but perhaps I'm a little sad, too. Well, I'm going in. I don't like storms. Good night, Sarah. Good night. Sarah? Sarah? Yes, Minnie? What is it? I have a little something for you, Miss Sarah. Your wedding present. Oh, Minnie, how sweet. <laughs> you do love me, don't you? I've waited on you since you were three. People grow close with time, I suppose. <laughs> well, aren't you going to open it? My present? But I thought tomorrow... Open it now. It's more fitting somehow. Why? Well, it's a strange gift, child. It's called the dreard. The Dreard. Oh, I'm sure it must be something very wonderful and very Scotch. It's been in my family for hundreds of years. Nobody knows where it came from first, but it's for you. <gasps> A necklace. Oh, Minnie, how lovely. But why is it called the Dreard? I don't rightly know, but there's said to be magic in it. Magic? Aye, there's a legend. It's said that there's one wish granted to every owner. One wish that will come true. One wish. Sometime you may want something badly, Miss Sarah, with all your heart. It may be that you'll use it then. Sarah? Yes, Edith? Your Tom Moonlight is here. Tom! I got away as soon as I could, darling. Oh, I knew you would. Look, I've had a present already from Minnie. A necklace? Well, that's beautiful, Minnie. And there's a legend, Tom. It's not to be talked about. Oh. You must get to bed now, Sarah. It's growing late. I won't keep her five minutes. Five minutes, then, or I'll come get her myself. Oh, Tom. Tom Moonlight. Do you know I'm very happy? My darling. So happy it frightens me. <laughs> Fasten my necklace. I want to wear it. So you'll be even more beautiful? There. 
Well, that was close, wasn't it? How still it is after. How unearthly still. Perhaps the gods are standing gaping, surprised that any mortal could be so lovely. Tom, we must always be as happy as we are now. Nothing must ever change. It never will. Oh, if I could only be sure. You can. Our love will never change. But we'll change. We'll grow old, Tom. You won't like me to look old. I'll always see you just as you are now, Sarah. Just as I married you. As I am now. There, you see? What? Oh, Tom, if you ever stopped loving me, I should die. Stop loving you? When I die, Sarah, and not even then, our love is forever. Oh, it must be. It must be. It's late. Kiss me goodnight. The last time I shall ever have to leave you. The last time. Good night, my darling. Good night. One wish. One wish to every owner. Oh, Dread, this is my prayer. That I shall never change. That I shall never grow older. Oh, let me look always. Just as I do tonight. It's my youth, he loves. Don't let me lose it. Let me keep it always. For him. <laughs> that dusting right under my nose. If Mrs. Moonlight's cousin's coming, I can't have received it. Well, why didn't you do it this morning? I was busy elsewhere this morning. Well, if you've finished, then run along. Well, don't stand there watching me. After nine years, surely I'm nothing to stare at. I was just thinking that a Scotsman wouldn't forget his wedding anniversary. I did not forget it. Mrs. Moonlight's gift is being delivered any minute. And why aren't you looking after my daughter as you're supposed to do? Do you mean Jane? Well, who in the world do you suppose I mean? She's with her lovely parent, she is. Do you mean Mrs. Moonlight? Who do you suppose I mean? Ah, Minnie, you're a disagreeable old woman. I've been thinking seriously of giving you notice. Ah, away with you. Consider yourself lucky to be living in the same house with us. With us? With Sarah Moonlight and me and we Jane. Oh, creature, answer the bell. <laughs> it's your poor wee gifty, I expect. And it isn't poor and it isn't wee. Good afternoon, Minnie. It's Mrs. Moonlight's cousin. Good afternoon, Thomas. How are you, Edith? Nicely, thank you. Where's Sarah? She's with Jane. Oh, Minnie, will you please inform Mrs. Moonlight that her cousin is here to go to the band concert with us? She doesn't have to. How are you, Edith, dear? Many happy returns of the day, Sarah. Here's my present. Oh, how nice. What is it? Mm, I'm afraid you won't like it. I'm sure I will. Oh, sure. Oh, I mean, but, but what a lovely one. Yes, I knew you wouldn't like it. Oh, but I do, Edith. No, you don't like it because you think shawls are only for old people. Oh, how absurd. You think too much of your age, both of you. Do you think I do, Edith? Well, since you ask me, yes. You dress too young. Several people have mentioned it. Well, they're just envious. Sarah doesn't dress young, she looks young. Well, put it any way you like. But tell me this. 
Does Sarah look a day older today than she did at 21 or 20 or even 19? Well, no. But is that a crime? Well, I didn't say so. Do you think so? Well, I don't think it's a crime, but... But it is odd. What do you mean by odd? Just odd. I see. Oh, please, please, Edith, let's, let's forget it. Oh, of course, it was Sarah who asked me. Oh, uh, look, Edith, I got a letter last night from Maud. From your sister Maud? What does she want? She wants to tell me she's just had a baby. Now, why does she think you'd care? She gave up her family when she ran off with that good-for-nothing foreigner. Answer that, Minnie. Is it a boy or a girl, Sarah? A girl. They've named her Joy. Ironically, I presume. Do they still live in Florence? Of course. His work is there. He's an artist. <laughs> Here it is. Here what is? Where did you get that box, Minnie? It's a little present from me, my dear. Oh, Tom, what is it? Well, open it up and see. <gasps> a dress. Oh, and it's beautiful. It's the most beautiful dress in the world. <laughs> Edith, isn't it lovely? It's a very pretty frock. Oh, I'll be a queen in it. What trinkets will you wear? Yes. Oh, what jewelry? My crystals, Tom? It wants something with a touch of blue. I don't think I have anything blue. Yes, you have, dear. You know, the whatchamacallit, the, the dreard. No. Why, Sarah. What is the dreard? Well, it's a necklace made of turquoise. Minnie gave it to her for a wedding present. Then why not wear it, Sarah? No. But you used to like it when we were first married. She doesn't like it, no. Can't you let the bear on the lawn? Well, we'd, we'd better be leaving. I'll get my things. What's the matter with her today? I don't understand her. She was perfectly all right until... Until what? Oh, nothing. Only I wish you wouldn't talk about her looks, Edith. It always disturbs her. And well, it might. She ought to do something about it. Do? What can she do? She looks young, that's all. Well, all I can say is, it's very strange. She seemed very disappointed this afternoon, but sure, well, even Edith might have known better. Tom. What is it, dear? I've been meaning to tell you. You must be very, very nice to Edith. Well, I am. Why? You see, she's... Edith's in love with you. Ah, oh, don't be silly. It's true. She always has been. That's why she seems bitter at times. Well, I don't believe it. She probably respects me, but I don't think any more than most other women. <laughs> yes, I suppose they're all in love with you. Except me. You? Why, you adore me, Mrs. Moonlight. I don't. I love you. Dear, dear Mr. Moonlight. As much as ever. And after nine long years... As much as the first time. Do you remember the first time? Remember? Hmm. You were playing the piano. I was playing this. May I sit beside you, Mrs. Moonlight? No. <laughs> Tom, don't. But I must kiss you. I can't help myself. Mr. Moonlight... What a way for old married people to behave. Old married people. Why, go over and look at that old married lady in the mirror. I look my ears, Tom. You don't, of course. Oh, Tom. And it's my belief that you never will. Oh, please don't say that. Oh, Sarah, you've got to get over that silly fancy. Oh, I can't. I'm frightened. Frightened? Supposing, Tom, supposing someone should be born who never really did grow any older. What would happen? Well, she'd probably make a fortune in a freak show. Oh, please be serious. Oh, how can I be serious about such nonsense? But just supposing, what do you think would happen? Well, in olden times, she'd probably have been burned as a witch. 
And nowadays? Nowadays, we have other ways of dealing with witches. Less crude, perhaps, but just as nasty. Why, Sarah, you're trembling. Tom, once I prayed above all things that I should never grow older, look older. I thought you'd stop loving me if I did. Now I think you'll stop if I don't. But you will, darling. Of course you'll look older in time. You'd rather I did? Well, yes, I think I would, but there's quite enough that's miraculous about my wife without that. Oh, it sounds foolish when I talk about it to you, but not when I'm alone. Sometimes I feel I'm going mad and can't stand it any longer. You see, it's growing stronger, not weaker, every year for years, ever since we've been married. Sarah. Oh, do you think I'm just fanciful? That's all. And you'll always believe, whatever happens, that I love you. Won't you? Yes, dear. But nothing can happen. In fact, I promise you that in the morning you look 102. Now, come, darling. I think it's time you went to bed. In a little while. I'm not at all sleepy. You'll come up soon? Yes, soon. Then kiss me goodnight. Good night, my darling. And remember, I love you, Mr. Moonlight, very, very much. for burning witches. We burn their dear ones too, Minnie. What is it? What are you going to do? I'm going away, out of their lives. Tom's and Jane. What foolishness is this? Tom growing old beside me. And Jane, a young lady with a mother who didn't change. Oh, I couldn't stand it, nor could they. You'll break their hearts. I'd break them if I'd stay. Where will you go? To Maud, in Florence. Tom Moonlight will find you. He mustn't know, and you must never tell. He must think me dead. Promise. Poor Tom Moonlight. Promise? I promise, if that's the way it must be. Thank you. Goodbye, Minnie. Goodbye, Sarah Moonlight. You'll take care of them, won't you? I. Tom and little Jane. Take good care of them. For me. Curtain Falls on Act One of Mrs. Moonlight, starring Janet Gaynor and George Brent. During this short intermission, we meet the Brownings getting ready to go to their summer cottage on the lake. Come on, girls, help me finish this list. 
What list, Mother? Things we've got to get on our way through the village before we reach camp. Okay, let's see what you've written down. Oh, I see something you've missed. Matches. Oh, please, Mother, put some marshmallows on the list, too. Well, Midge, we can't toast marshmallows right away. We'll have a lot of cleaning up to do. Dishes to wash. Everything will be dusty. Oh, dear, a big dishwashing job. Hmm, that means Lux. Is it on the list? Yes. It won't take long with Lux. Gosh, wouldn't it be awful to be stuck at camp with no luck? Have to fool around forever with pokey cake soap. Or ruin our hands with wash day soap. Then you wouldn't have those rose petal hands Archie Smith raves about, would you, Dot? I don't mean that at all. Anyhow, you know perfectly well Lux is the nicest way to do dishes, isn't it, Mother? Of course it is, dear. I want you girls to have nice hands, so don't worry. There'll always be plenty of Lux in the house. Wise Mother Browning. People notice red, rough hands right away. They certainly rob a woman of charm. That's why it's so important to wash dishes with Lux. There's an amazing difference between Lux and harsh wash day soaps. Your hands feel it when you touch those soft Lux suds. And your hands show it, too. They soon look so much softer and prettier. Did you ever realize this? Lux flakes are as gentle as the finest toilet soap. They haven't any of those alkaline suds builders that sting and irritate your skin. And yet, Lux for dishes costs almost nothing. Why, a lot of women find that just one big box will do their dishes for about 60 meals. So be sure to get the thrifty big box of Lux Flakes right away and use it for dishes every day. And now, here's Mr. DeMille. Act two of Mrs. Moonlight, starring Janet Gaynor in the title role and George Brent as Tom. <laughs> Seventeen years have passed since the night Sarah Moonlight fled from her family because she knew she could never grow old. Unable to find a trace of her, Tom Moonlight has picked up the broken threads of his life. He's been married for many years to Sarah's cousin, Edith, and is enjoying a middle-aged happiness. Jane, the young daughter Sarah left behind her, is now a woman old enough for marriage. One of her suitors, Percy Medling, has come to call. In the living room of the Moonlight home, he leans toward her, a desperate look in his eyes. You're not listening, Jane. Of course I'm listening, but can't you tell me some other time, Percy? I'd rather tell you now, Jane. But we're expecting a guest. Minnie's gone to the station to meet her. Yes, I know, but... It's a brand new cousin. You mean a baby? <laughs> no, silly. She's only a year or two younger than I. They've lived in Italy for years. We've never even seen her. Jane, I'm sorry to interrupt, but if you have a guest coming, I must say what I have to say quickly. Now, as to my present occupation, engineering is quite a respectable occupation, and the firm is well-established and an old one. Furthermore, my father would be regarded by many people as being, so to speak, in a very comfortable position. Percy, are you proposing to me? Well, yes, I was coming to that in a moment. May I advise you, Percy, the next time you want a girl to marry you, just say, Jane, I love you. Unless, of course, her name is Mary. You mean it's... No good, then. I'm afraid not, Percy. You see, I don't love you. Oh. I'm very sorry, Percy. Jane, there isn't any other. I mean, you're, you're not in love with someone else, are you? I don't know. But you must have some idea. I mean, well... Willie Rag is coming over a little later. Willie Rag. Oh, I see.
Guess that's your guest, Minnie. Only one getting off. Nice looking young woman, too. Yes. That's her. Sarah. Miss Sarah. How are you, Minnie? Sarah Moonlight. Let me look at you. Come into the light. No. I haven't changed, if that's what you mean. Still young. Still a girl. Only in looks, Minnie. Not in my heart. Oh, my poor darling. Was I right to come? I had to see them again, Tom and Jane. But they won't know me. You promised. They'll think that you're Maud's daughter, Joy, who resembles her aunt, Sarah Moonlight. To them, Sarah Moonlight has been dead for 17 years. And ghosts don't often come back, do they? No. The carriage is over here, Sarah. How is he, Minnie? Tom Moonlight? Oh, he's well. Happy enough, I dare say. Edith makes him a good wife, doesn't she? Mm, yes. Yes. She was always in love with him. Tell me about yourself. Where do you live? In Vienna now. I was seven years in Florence, then eight in Paris. People begin to wonder after a few years, so I have to keep moving on. You, uh, you have money enough? Money enough for me. My music helps. Pupils and concerts. And it's good for me. There's no time to feel sorry. Or to think of him. And Jane, Minnie. What is she like? My Jane. Like you, mostly. I suppose she'll be marrying soon. Very likely. There are two young men. Very nice young men, I hope. Percy Middling is. And uh, Willie Rag. Well, <laughs> him you can judge for yourself. He'll be at the house, most likely. You're late, Willie. The third time this week. Late again. Willie left his little Jane, but Willie soon came back again. <laughs> I made that up on my way. Jane, you haven't kissed me yet. You haven't asked me. Please, Miss Moonlight. May I kiss you? Yes, you may. Twice. Once. Twice. <laughs> Where have you been? I've been to Newmarket. Oh, have you got the job? No, but I probably shall, or something else. Oh, Willie. Now, there's nothing to worry about. Oh, but there is. You know how Father feels. He says you're irresponsible. Irresponsible? I? It's blasphemous. Oh, I say, he can't hear me, can he? <laughs> no. Good. And if he won't give his consent, I'll marry you without it. Oh, Willie, please be serious. But I am. Oh, we thought you were alone, Jane. Come in, Father. Come in, Mother. How are you, Mr. Vag? Very well, ma'am. Good evening, sir. Good evening. Has Minnie returned yet, Jane? No, Father. Well, I think I'll meet her on the road. Oh, please, sir. If I might have a word with you, sir. A word with me? I think you know what it's about. I have an inkling. I'm going to marry your daughter, sir. Oh, Yes? Oh, uh, Father, Willie doesn't mean it quite like that. Mr. He... Rag is a bit blunt. I believe in speaking out, sir. A fine quality, and I believe in it, too. I also believe, young man, that at the present time you have no position or any prospect of one. Under those conditions, I don't quite see how you can speak of marriage. I regret your disapproval, sir, but I must tell you that I won't let it stand in my way. Really? Willie, don't say any more. Father, you don't understand. Mm, evidently not. Tom, wait. Minnie is here. I'll speak to you later, Mr. Rag. Well, why doesn't she come in? Minnie! Your visitor is here, Mr. Moonlight. Come in, Miss Joy. Good evening. Oh. Why? Why, she's... She's the image of... Tom, don't. How are you, my dear? I'm very well, thank you. I am your Aunt Edith. And this is... This is Mr. Moonlight. 
Yes, we're, we're very happy to see you, George. Thank you. This is my stepdaughter, Jane. I've been looking forward to your coming. Jane. What? What's the matter, dear? Well, Mother, she's so pale. Well, she's tired out. She's had a long journey. Yes. Yes, a, a very long journey. Almost time for your train, Sarah. I know, Minnie. The days have passed quickly, Sarah. Too quickly. Oh, there was so much I wanted to do. And now it's all slipped away from me. Oh, Minnie. She must be happy. My Jane must be happy. If I knew she was going to be, I could leave in peace. You're talking of Willie Rag now. Yes. Why can't she see, Minnie? Why doesn't she know? And why am I so powerless to help her? I'm her mother, Minnie, and I can't lift my hand. A half an hour past nine. You'd best be making ready. The night train is always on time. The night train? I left once before at night. Long ago. Hush, my darling. You'll come again. After another 20 years. Oh, what's the use, Minnie? If only to see us all. To see you all growing old without me. To feel left behind. Sarah, my darling. Joy, may I see you? Jane, of course. Come in. It's rather private. Minnie, will you leave us alone? Very well. What is it, Jane? Well, it's about Willie. I want you to talk to Father. Tell him what you, what you think of him. But what I think of Willie is really very much what your father thinks of him. Joy... But can't you see what Willie is? Yes. I've been worried that you can't. Oh, really, Joy? I thought you at least would be on my side. My dear, I am on your side. Well, that's what Mother says. But middle-aged people have forgotten what love is. Not always, Jane. Are you very disappointed in me? No, but I thought you'd understand, that's all. Jane, will I see you before I go? Of course. Why do you ask? Well, it's a late train... I thought you might be tired. No, I'll wait up to see you go. Thank you, Jane. Hello, Jane. Is that you? No. Oh, Miss Joy. Do you want her, Mr. Rag? I'll call her down. No, 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 no. Not, not yet. Come down yourself. Oh, this is a bit of luck. Finding you alone, I mean. I'm afraid I'm rather busy. Oh, I say, I've been waiting three weeks for a chance to talk to you. You mustn't dodge me now. Not on your last night. Do you know, Joy, do you know that you're a very beautiful creature? You really think so? Oh, now, don't be modest. If I didn't have Jane, I might go clear over my head. Oh, thank you. May I sit beside you? Certainly. Why? Well, why does a fellow ever want to sit beside a pretty woman? Usually because he wants to kiss her. That's why. Why did you do that? I don't know. I've been wanting to ever since I first saw you. Are you angry? I'm not sure yet. Have you forgotten Jane? Of course not. I adore Jane, but... But what? Well, hang it all, I'm not married yet, you know. And if you are angry about my kissing you, I can only say... I'm sorry. I didn't say I was angry. I may not be angry at all. 
You know, Joy, you're a strange girl. Yes, I am. You're not like any of the girls I've known. You're different. You... I want to see you again, Joy. You must let me. I'm going to Paris. I'll follow you. Where will you be? What address? Please tell me. Numero 82. And the rest? Rue d'Alger. Rue d'Alger. Hadn't you better write it down? Do you think I could forget it? Joy, listen, I can't leave tonight, but I'll follow you. Look for Would me. Would it be rude uh, if I asked to come in? Uh, uh, Jane, I didn't hear you. Perhaps I walked too softly. Believe me, I didn't mean it. Uh, uh, I was just telling Joy goodbye. Was that it? Of course. <clears throat> well, I really must run. Goodbye, Joy. And goodbye, Jane. Darling. Uh, see you tomorrow. Night. Jane. Jane, dear. Don't come near me. Don't touch me. You're vile. Jane, don't say that. You are. You're vile. You're unclean. I heard you. I heard everything you said. Now go on. Go to Paris. Wait for him there. He'll make you very happy, I'm sure. But at least he hasn't the chance to make you unhappy. You see don't now... Don't speak to me. I hate you. I hate you. Jane. Father, make her go. Make her leave. Get her away from here. Jane, what is it? I can't bear the sight of her, I tell you. Are you mad? She wanted Willie. Well, she may have him. And you needn't worry any longer about me, Father. I'll marry Percy just as you wanted. I'll marry Percy Middling and be miserable all my life. Now are you satisfied? Joy, I'm sorry for this. I'm sure she's just upset, that's all. Oh, please don't be polite. Well, I'd better leave. I'll miss my train. Are you disappointed in me? I don't even know the facts. Jane told you. I've stolen her young man. But I didn't want him. I'd rather have Jane's love than anything in the world. Then why did you do it? You were against the marriage. Certainly I was. I knew they'd never be happy. So did I. Did you? And this talk about Paris? He wanted to follow me. I gave him the wrong address, a made-up one. I only wanted Jane to see what he was really like. Why, you... you funny child. When Jane is over this, will you tell her what I've told you? Of course I will. Promise? I promise. Mr. Moonlight, are you happy? Yes, of course. Why? Oh, I knew you were, really. I just wanted to hear you say it. What a strange, strange girl you are, Joy. You're the second person who said that tonight. Oh, there's my carriage. I don't want to go back. I don't want to go yet. You may stay if you want to. No, I can't. Goodbye, Mr. Moonlight. Goodbye. I shall miss you very much, Joy. You're very much like... like someone I once knew. Someone I loved. Dear Mr. Moonlight, will you kiss me goodbye? Goodbye, dear. Come soon again, won't you? Soon? Perhaps. Perhaps. We pause for station identification. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System.
have just heard Act Two of Mrs. Moonlight, starring Janet Gaynor and George Brent. During the intermission, we present a very famous guest. But first, a piece of news about a penny. Do you know what a penny a day can do for your hands? Here's what I mean, and see if you don't think it's a beauty bargain. About a penny's worth of luxe will do a whole day's dishes. Yes, for about the price of a penny postage stamp, you can use gentle lux, as beauty experts advise, to help your hands stay soft and white. If the water is hard, just a little extra lux will soften it and give you an abundance of suds. How foolish to use harsh soaps, since it costs almost nothing to use lux for dishes. So keep that thrifty big box handy. Use it for dishes every day. Remember, you're often judged by your hands. Make them speak well of you. Mr. DeMille escorts our guest to the microphone. Columbia University has on its faculty a memorable personality in Professor Walter B. Pitkin. Academic duties occupy only a part of his prodigious energy. He's also famous as an author. Professor Pitkin has passed the age of 40 far enough to uh, know what he's talking about. He decided that middle age and old age were nothing to dread. So he wrote a book about his discovery with the challenging title, Life Begins at 40, which held a place among bestsellers. The author of this book should have some interesting comments on the problem of Sarah Moonlight. So from New York City, we hear Professor Walter B. Pitkin. Mrs. Moonlight in our play tonight is indeed a very unusual character. Yet her wish is the secret wish of every man and woman since the beginning of time. The desire for perpetual youth lies deep in the hearts of every one of us. We think it's the road to perpetual happiness. And yet, how wrong we are in our wishful thinking and how pitiful the consequences. Think of the matron of 40 who tries to be 20. Think of the dowager of 60 who tries to be kittenish. If they only realized each age has its own special loveliness. How delightful is the charm of a five-year-old. But would you want to be five forever? And how rich and beautiful the charm of a 70-year-old grandmother. I agree with Samuel Butler that youth is a greatly overrated season, like spring. Occasionally sunny, but usually full of raw gusts. Youth is lovable, but immature. But middle age and old age are as deep as character. And character can be as deep as the universe. Nature is always moving forward. If you attempt to stop the march, you die, mentally and spiritually. Life insists that we grow, that we live each new day as it comes, reaching out to accept new responsibilities and new experiences. And it is those enriching experiences that give us beauty and charm and keep us young and alive. People who keep up with the times, people who never try to stop the clock, people who refuse to be perpetually 20, they are the ones who know that life is just beginning at 40. We cannot condemn youth and its lack of wisdom, but we do condemn age which refuses to accept its own rich rewards. And now let us return to Mrs. Moonlight. I don't know how this play turns out, but I do know that Mrs. Moonlight is basically a splendid woman. And I have faith that somehow she will be able to discover a solution to her problem and that she will find happiness. 
Mm, you show us that autumn has beautiful colors, Professor. In Hollywood again, we continue our play, Mrs. Moonlight, starring Janet Gaynor and George Brent. Years have passed, long years, which have gradually dimmed the remembrance of Sarah Moonlight and Joy. It's the present day, and many changes have come to the Moonlights. Edith is dead, and Jane and Percy Middling, married for 20 years, live on with old Tom Moonlight. Meanwhile, in the cities of Europe, a strange figure moves silently, always alone, always young, never changing in a changing world. In a music school in Bucharest, this strange girl, known only as Miss Sarah, faces the master in his room. Miss Sarah, how long have you been with us now? Twelve years. Twelve years. Yeah, have not realized it was that long. Miss Sarah, what I have to say is not easy. But some of the other teachers, they, they feel... They feel there's something strange about me. Yeah. Of course, I know that it is ridiculous, but... Uh... Oh, don't say any more. I'll leave in the morning. Oh, oh no, no, Miss Sarah, you... It's happened before. It'll happen again. What is it about you? What is it? Uh, where will you go, Miss Sarah? Oh, I don't know. To Paris, to Berlin, Naples. It is not easy to find work in strange cities. They're not strange to me. And you want to work here, Miss Sarah? Uh, Miss Sarah, haven't I seen you somewhere? I don't remember. Uh, it's a long time ago. I don't remember. I'm sorry, but I have nothing for you. Good day, Signor. The concert season in Paris is well booked, Mademoiselle. If we leave your name. I am called Miss Sarah. Miss. Of course I remember you. You played here in 1904. You. What? That is impossible. Yes. Yes, you've mistaken me for someone else, monsieur. But you say you are. No. Good day, monsieur. And you want to teach my daughter? Yes. I can give your daughter lessons every day. Just as you gave them to me? What? You gave me lessons, too? No. You did? When I was a girl. Oh, no. You. I remember. I remember. Miss Sarah. No. 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 And the ticket was to Vienna, Fräulein? Yes, to Vienna. I... No. No, I want to go to England. To London. Yeah, Fräulein. First class? No, third, please. Third class to London. See you tomorrow, Peter? Right you are. Thanks for the lift. Oh, it's a pleasure. I say, Peter, is that somebody waiting for you? Where? Uh, that woman by your steps, looking up at the house. I don't know who she is. I've noticed her hanging around the house several times the last few days. Well, why don't you ask her what she wants? I believe I will. Goodbye, Greg. <laughs> Bye. I beg your pardon, but, but are you looking for someone? No, not exactly. You look ill. Would you like to come in for a moment? This is my house. Your house? What is your Christian name? Why, why, Peter. Peter. 
Peter Middling. Your father is Percy Middling, and your mother is Jane. How did you know that? And your grandfather, is he dead? No, he's not dead. Oh. Oh, here, here, here wait a moment. Oh, don't go away. Why, you're cold and ill. Come inside and get warm. Oh, no. No, no, I mustn't. Nonsense. Why, a hot drink will do you good. Come along now. Will you wait here a moment, please? Thank you. Mother. Peter, come in. I, I say, Mother, I've, uh, I, I've brought a woman into the house. Peter. Oh, no, no, listen. I, I think she's ill. She looks it. Who is the woman? I haven't the faintest idea, Father. But she knew my name and seemed to know all about me. She knew your name? Oh, hello, Minnie. Why, yes. Who do you suppose it is, Minnie? I, I don't know. How could I? I'll go and have a look at her. I suppose she's a very beautiful Peter. No. She's rather ragged and, and young like a girl. But her eyes are too big and... Well, there's something strange about her. Come in, please. Thank you. Good evening. How do you do? Come and sit down by the fire. Are you my... Are you Peter's mother? Yes, I am. Yes, I thought you were. You're very lovely. Would you like something hot to drink? And that is Percy Nibbling. How do you know that? You mustn't ask me questions. Please sit down. Thank you. Well, I'm all right, really. It's just that lately I've had a kind of pain here in my heart. Peter, come and sit near me. You've got to tell me all about yourself. Are you at Oxford or Cambridge? Oxford. Like your grandfather. How did you know that? Who are you? Poor puzzled Jane. I'm just an old lady, my dear. Who's rather come down in the world? Oh, why, you're a girl. That, that picture on the table, it's Tom Moonlight, isn't it? Yes, it is. Was it just taken, this picture? That? Oh, that was taken a good ten years ago. May I see him? Oh, I'm afraid not. He's very feeble. His memory's gone and he really doesn't recognize people. He hasn't recognized any of us for months. Poor Mr. Moonlight. He hasn't really been the same since my grandmother died. You... your grandmother? You mean Edith? Yes. Oh, I say, if, if you're an old friend of grandfather's, perhaps you could come tomorrow and see him. She can see him now. Minnie, you brought him down? Father. Tom. Tom Moonlight. Who? Who is that over there? Father. He doesn't know you, Mother. He's staring at her. Oh, my dear. I've been asleep. Yes, Tom. Has Edith gone? Edith? Yes, dear. She's gone. Now, well, that's good. I'm worried about Edith. Worried about what you told me this evening. I've been thinking it over, and I believe you're right. Edith is in love with me. Of course she is, darling. We all are. Ah, including you, eh? A little while ago, it was all except you. Was it, Mr. Moonlight? Perhaps I've grown older since then. Have you indeed? Well, I'll tell you a secret. 
I never believed you. You love me very much indeed. Clever Mr. Moonlight. Grandfather, who is she? Who is she? Why, that's my wife, young man. Who are you? I? I'm Peter. Well, I don't know you, sir. And I don't much want to. Grandfather, what is your wife called? She's called Sarah, of course. Sarah Moonlight. Percy, he thinks it's his first wife. What are they saying? Don't they like my Sarah? Well, of course they do. Especially me. I think she's lovely. Well, she is, too. And what's more, she doesn't change. Did you know that? She doesn't change. Now, what's that about changing? She's worried about that. I don't like that. I've forgotten it. Tom, shall I play for you again? Huh? Yes, yes. You always like this. May I sit beside you, Mrs. Moonlight? I'm a very lucky man, Mrs. Moonlight. And a very, very happy man. Yes, dear. And you're a very happy woman, Mrs. Moonlight. Very happy. I think I've never been so happy in my life as I am now. And I'm certain of this. Mrs. Moonlight, I could never... Never be happy with any woman but you. That's what you think, Mr. Moonlight. It's what I know. Uh, Sarah, I think I'll go to bed now. I'm feeling tired and sleepy. Yes, dear. I'll take him upstairs. So tired, Sarah. So very, very tired. Father. Uh, Peter. Get some brandy. Oh, my darling. My darling. Percy, you and Peter get him upstairs. No. Stay here, all of you. He'll want her. I know. Come along, please. Thank you. Thank you, Minnie. She's been up there with him a long time. Over half an hour. Percy, I'm nervous. Oh, it's all right, my dear. Well, there's nothing to be nervous about, Mother. Why does Father think he knows her? After all, my dear, your father hasn't known anyone for months, and it's just as reasonable that he might think he knows this girl. No, there's something else. But I won't say it. I, I'm afraid. Wait, here's Minnie. Minnie, how is Father? Your father... Your father... Is dead. Minnie. Oh, Minnie. She was with him. He was in her arms. Minnie, who is that girl? She's someone Mr. Moonlight knew a long time ago. Minnie. Come in, dear. Peter, get her a chair. I'm quite all right. All right, thank you. But I'm not unhappy. It was really very, very beautiful. It would be wicked to be unhappy. I'm only, only very tired. I wonder why I'm so tired. Please sit down. You'll feel better in a minute. 
Thank you, Peter. He just said to me, I love you, Mrs. Moonlight, very, very dearly. He just said that. He looked happy, too. Jane. Yes? Give me your hand. I'm so pleased with you, Jane. I've always liked your nice Percy Middling. And you've done well together, haven't you? A nice boy and a nice home. Oh, I'm so tired. I love you, Mrs. Moonlight, very, very dearly. Jane, do I look happy? Very happy. Are you? Oh, oh, so happy. It's funny to be so tired here in my heart. Perhaps, perhaps, oh, oh, how lovely. Now, Lord, lettest thou thy servant depart in peace. For mine eyes have seen, mine eyes have seen. Mother, look at her. She, she's... She's at peace with Tom Moonlight. Mother, it's all right, Peter. I'm sure she's happy. See how she's smiling. The curtain falls on Act Three of Mrs. Moonlight, starring Janet Gaynor and George Brent. In a moment, our stars return for their curtain calls. But first, a timely word. Here we are at the beginning of summer, and that means vacation time, doesn't it? Vacation time for you, but not for your hands. Did you ever think of that? You're right, Mr. Roy. My hands work harder in the summer than in the winter, but with gardening, swimming, tennis, and... And housekeeping? Oh, yes, housekeeping, of course. My hands show it, too. Well, you're just the person I want to talk to. Now's the time your hands are busier than ever. They need special care. They can't spend hours in the dishpan with harsh, biting suds drying them up and then do a right-about face and look nice when company comes. You need Lux for every single soap and water job you do, and especially for your dishes. Do you know why? Because Lux has none of the alkaline suds builders found in many laundry soaps. Lux contains nothing to dry and roughen your skin. That's why beauty experts recommend it for dishes. And remember, a little goes so far. Lux is thrifty. Buy the generous large size box and start now to save your hands. Mr. DeMille. The moonlight of our play has faded, so suppose we get back to the world of reality. Miss Gaynor, I've heard some whispers about you that I'd like to pin down right now. Well, what are these whispers, Mr. DeMille? Well, they're about painting and... Uh... Oh, I'm sure it was an exaggeration. But if you're looking for a hobby, there's George Brent's. A gentle pastime called polo. The question was about paint, not ponies. There's really nothing to it. Something around the house always needs paint. Kitchen table, the lawn chairs, a cupboard. A landscape or a still life. I'm afraid my watercolors are pretty amateurish. 
But the furniture painting, well, now that's quite professional. <laughs> Could George and I persuade you to do a sketch of us, say, with me sitting in a chair and George standing behind with his hand on my shoulder? <laughs> I'd be delighted to, but I'm afraid portraits are beyond me. If you draw a picture of an orange and it doesn't look like an orange, you can always say it's impressionistic. That doesn't go with portraits, at least not when the living originals do the judging. Why hasn't somebody seen one of these pictures? Mm, I keep them locked up. But you can look at the lawn chairs I painted any time. I used a special weatherproof paint. We could have used some of that and the rains came. I doubt if there has ever been so much rain in California before. <laughs> and photographing rain is a difficult operation, too. It has to be done on a clear day to get enough light. Yes, yes. Well, if it was a cloudy day and looked like rain, we made sunshine scenes indoors on a soundstage. Now, that's not so crazy as it seems if you think it over. Mm. Well, I'll figure it? it out on the way home. <laughs> and I think it's time to leave now. Well, I recognize a gentle hint. Good night, C.B. Mm. I hope the man in the moonlight and Mrs. Moonlight shine long in clear skies. All of you, I'm sure, will want to join us again a week from tonight when you hear the announcement of our stars and play, which Mr. DeMille brings you in a moment. Assisting in our cast tonight were Janet Young as Minnie, Jane Gilbert as Jane, Ted Osborne as Willie Ragg, Claire Vadera as Edith, James Eagles as Peter, Eric Snowden as Percy Midling, Lou Merrill as Heinrich, Frank Nelson as Bonelli, Jane Morgan as Frau Muller, and Eddie Kane as ticket agent. The play Mrs. Moonlight was written by Ben W. Levy. Louis Silvers appeared through courtesy of 20th Century Fox Studio, where he directed music for Second Fiddle. Don't miss the Lux Daytime Radio program, The Life and Love of Dr. Susan. This human and gripping story of a young, attractive woman doctor is brought to you every afternoon, Monday through Friday. For the time and station, see your newspaper. The Life and Love of Dr. Susan comes to you in addition to the Lux Radio Theater. Your host, Mr. DeMille. Scattered along the boundary between the United States and Mexico are colorful, exciting jumping-off places called border towns. To such a place we take you next Monday night in a melodrama of a disillusioned man who crushes his ideals in a scramble for money and power. Into his life come two girls, and the mark they leave upon it is told in our adaptation of the hit picture, Border Town. And bringing Bordertown to our microphone are three stars, outstanding in popularity and talent. Donna Michi, Joan Bennett, and Claire Trevor. Our sponsors, the makers of Lux Flakes, join me in inviting you to be with us again next Monday night when the Lux Radio Theater presents Donna Michi, Joan Bennett, and Claire Trevor in Bordertown. This is Cecil B. DeMille saying good night to you from Hollywood. The announcer has been Melville Roy. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System. The Jack Benny Program, presented by Lucky Strike. Be happy, go lucky, be happy, go lucky, strike, be happy, go lucky, go lucky, strike today. Now Venus is a gorgeous girl, but life for her is rough. 
A statue simply cannot smoke a lucky puff by puff. I drive a cab in my hometown, I know what people like. That milder, richer cigarette whose name is Lucky Strike. Be happy, go lucky, be happy, go lucky strike. Be happy, go lucky, go lucky strike today. Enjoy your cigarette. Enjoy truly fine tobacco that combines both perfect mildness and rich taste in one great cigarette, Lucky Strike. For only fine tobacco gives you both real mildness and rich taste. And LSMFT, Lucky Strike means fine tobacco. So friends, be happy, go lucky. Try a carton of Lucky Strike. Be happy, go lucky, be happy, go lucky strike. Be happy, go lucky, go lucky strike today. The Lucky Strike program starring Jack Benny with Barry Livingston, Phil Harris, Rochester, Dennis Day, and yours truly, Don Wilson. Ladies and gentlemen, yesterday we had rehearsal. About noon, Jack, Phil, Dennis, and I walked across the street to the corner drugstore for some lunch. Gee, the drugstore's crowded today. Yeah, I hope it doesn't take too long. Hey, Merv, you got a table for us? No, but there'll be one empty in a minute. Would you mind waiting? No, but bring a chair for the old man. He walked all the way across the street. Stop being funny. For your information, Phil, every morning right after breakfast, I walk five miles all over Beverly Hills. Why do you do that, Jack? He's collecting rent. <laughs> That's only on the first of the month. Hey, look, Jackson, as long as we have to wait, I want to buy some things at the drug counter. Will you hold a seat for me? Okay. Well, what can I do for you, Mr. Harris? Look, I want a large tube of toothpaste, some aspirin, a bottle of mouthwash, and uh, a box of bobby pins. Yes, sir. Uh, what color is your wife's hair? Blonde, but she buys her own. <laughs> Very good, Mr. Harris. Uh, will there be anything else? Yeah, now let me see. Uh, oh, yeah, I better get some cough drops. I've had a tickling in my throat since last night. Maybe it's a piece of cork. <laughs> Now, uh, what kind of cough drops do you want? Oh, I don't care. Just give me a box of those that are made right here in L.A. L.A.? Yeah, it says so right on the box. Los Angeles. That's lozenges. <laughs> oh, oh. Your table is ready, Mr. Benny. Okay, I'll get the others. Phil! Right here, Jackson. Dennis! Oh, just a second, Mr. Benny. I'm weighing myself. How much do you weigh, Dennis? 370 pounds. <laughs> 370 pounds? I invited Don to be my guest. <laughs> well, what good is... Oh, never mind. Come on, kids. Let's get to the table. Hey, Marvin, we're in a hurry to get back to rehearsal, so give us quick service, please. Uh, yes, Mr. Benny. I'll take the orders myself. Good. What do you have, fellas? I'll have a chicken sandwich on rye bread. Yes, sir. You, Mr. Wilson? Oh, I'll have a small glass of tomato juice and a slice of whole wheat toast. Don. Son, is that all you're eating? Yeah, Jack, I'm on a diet, and that's all I've had for three full days. Dennis, where are you going? When he's that hungry, I don't, I don't want to be close to him. 
sit down. Yes, sir. What do you have, Mr. Day? I'll have a cucumber split. Uh, a cucumber split? What in the name of Duncan Hines is that? Well, it's like a banana split, only you use a cucumber. Then it's ice cream on a cucumber? That must taste awful. Oh, not if you peel it. <laughs> well, his answer was all right. Maybe my question was silly. <laughs> How he can eat that, I don't know. Yeah? What do you have, Mr. Penny? Let's see. I want to look at the sandwich list. Hamburger, cheeseburger, chicken burger, onion burger, turkey burger, chili burger, Max burger. <laughs> Max burger? What's that? That's a proprietor. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to order. Why don't you try a cucumber split? Dennis, if I live to be a hundred, I'll never eat a thing like that. It sounds horrible. If you haven't tried it, don't knock it. <laughs> oh, keep quiet. Yeah, I don't know what to eat. I just haven't any appetite. Yeah, I haven't felt like eating all day. Don't take it personally, Jackson. They raised everybody's taxes today. <laughs> I know, I know. Mervyn, I'll have a bacon and tomato sandwich. Yes, sir. What do you gentlemen have to drink? Coffee for me. I'll have a Coca-Cola. Bring me three fingers of milk. <laughs> Bill, Phil, three fingers of milk? I'm on the wagon, but I don't want to forget how to order. <laughs> oh, oh. Uh, by the way, Jackson, uh, Remley asked me to thank you for the raise you gave him. That's all right, Phil. Anytime your music is improved, I appreciate it. Why, Jack, what'd Frankie do? He broke his arm and he can't play. <laughs> What a nice guy. Yeah. How'd Frankie break his arm, Phil? Well, we were having a little party at Bagby's house, and it was a warm night, so Frankie ran out and took a dive in the pool. Oh, no water in the pool, eh? No pool. <laughs> well, no wonder he broke his arm. He didn't do that till the third dive. <laughs> what? He swam around the backyard like a mole. <laughs> Thanks. Now, eat, let's eat fast, kids, so we can get back to rehearsal. Well, Jack, look who's walking over here. Why, it's Mr. Kitzel. Hello, Mr. Bianchi. <laughs> Sit down, Mr. Kitzel. Have some lunch with us. No, thank you. I eat already. <laughs> I had the blue plate special. Hoo-hoo. A bargain. <laughs> you mean you... You didn't like it? Who could like it? Such small portions they give you. Six green beans, two potato chips, and a piece of steak. J. Edgar Hoover couldn't find it. <laughs> well, that's, that's too bad. Too bad. If it wasn't for the dessert, your whole meal would be awful. Oh, what'd you have for dessert? A cucumber split. <laughs> Mr. Kitzel, you didn't... Well, maybe it's good. I don't know. Well, goodbye, Mr. Benny. I got to run along now. I got to pick up my boy and take him to his scout meeting. 
Oh, oh, is your son a Boy Scout? Is he a Boy Scout? <laughs> you know, only two weeks ago he joined, and when I asked him, what did you learn, he rubbed together two sticks and burned down the whole house. <laughs> Burned down the house? Uh-huh. When the fireman came, he helped them across the street. No. Uh-huh. And with his little knife, he carved, be prepared, in their fire hose. <laughs> oh, Mr. Kitzel, you're joking. <laughs> My. <laughs> well, goodbye, Mr. Bennett. So long, Mr. Kitzel. Well, fellas, we better get going, too. We got a lot of rehearsing to do. Here's your check, gentlemen. Oh, I'll take it, fellas. I think it's my turn. No, no, Dennis, it's my turn. No, 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 Phil, it's my turn. No, no, Don, it's Phil's turn. <laughs> I keep track of these things. Now, come on, let's go. Dennis, what are you doing at the jukebox? Well, one of my songs is on it, and I want to play it. Well, go ahead, and then come right to the studio. Okay. Got a nickel? No! <laughs> now, let's go,
Don, Don, have you got the scripts there? Yes, Jack. Come on, Jack, I want to get home. Let's get the rehearsal started. Phil, we can. Mary isn't here yet. Is there anything wrong with her? I don't know. I, I hope she's feeling all right. How'd she look this morning when you collected her rent? <laughs> she was all right. She was a little concerned about the controls going off, but then I don't blame her, you know. I'm going to call her up and see what's keeping her. Oh, Mabel, what is it, Gaisel? <laughs> Mr. Benny's loin is working. Yeah, I wonder what Born to be Bad wants now. <laughs> I'll plug in and find out. Yes, Mr. Benny. Yes, sir, I'll see if she's home. He wants I should get him Mary Livingston. I'll try her number. Say, Gaisel, you think there's a romance between Mr. Benny and Miss Livingston? Could be. On the first program of the season, I saw Mary wearing an orchid he gave her. Well, what makes you so sure Mr. Benny gave it to her? It's the same one he let me wear on New Year's. <laughs> he keeps it in a deep freeze. <laughs> uh, come to think of it, Gertrude, there could be something between Jack and Mary because... Thursday night when I was at the Mocambo, I saw them there together. Gee, you were at the Mocambo? Yeah. Who took you? Nobody. I went stag. <laughs> well, you're not ahead of me. I went to the Mocambo once, too, and with Jack. Jack Benny. Then you didn't go stag? No, I went Dutch. <laughs> Say, you know, Mabel, you should see the change that's come over him since he came back from Europe. He's so continental. Now when he sees you, he bends from the waist and kisses your hand. My, how romantic. Yeah. But you gotta straighten him up faster. He stays that way all the time. like a USC fullback. <laughs> if you hadn't played for Notre Dame, you'd have been in trouble. <laughs> yeah. Operator, operator. I'm sorry, Mr. B, but Miss Livingston's line doesn't answer. Oh, well, never mind. I'll call her later. Gee, <laughs> fellas, Mary's phone doesn't answer. I wonder where she is. Maybe she was drafted. <laughs> Look, fellas, let's rehearse until... Come in. Mr. Benny, you want it on the phone in the hall. Well, excuse me, fellas, maybe that's Mary. Hello? Hello, Mr. Benny, this is Rochester. Well, hello, Rochester, what is it? Brace yourself, boss, I've got news for you. What is it, Rochester? What is it? Your car's been stolen. <laughs> My car stolen? This is awful. There's two schools of thought on that. <laughs> Rochester, I'm in no mood for jokes. Is my car really stolen? Yes, boss, it's gone. Oh, this is terrible. Just yesterday, I put in five gallons of gas. <laughs> 
Ethel yet. <laughs> oh, my goodness. What are you going to do, boss? Well, don't worry, Rochester. I'll get my car back. The Beverly Hills police are on their toes. They could be on their knees and catch that car. <laughs> Never mind. Just meet me at the police station. Goodbye. Goodbye. Well, uh, was that uh, Mary Jack? No, Don. It was Rochester. What do you think happened, fellas? What? My car was stolen. Your car? Yes. Gee, and only yesterday you drove me home and made me put in five gallons of gas. Dennis. Ethel, yes. All right. Now, look, fellas. Rehearsal is off. I gotta get down to the police station. Now, where's the quartet? Oh, sportsman, sportsman! <laughs> Did you hear the news? Someone stole Mr. Benny's car. Someone stole Jack Benny's car and drove it right away. It makes us feel so very sad, we just can't help but say, Be happy, go lucky, be happy, go lucky, strike, be happy, go lucky, go lucky, strike today. People call me Madman Munch, with them I can't agree. The guy who stole Jack Benny's car is crazier than me. Be happy, go lucky, be happy, go lucky, strike, be happy, go lucky, go lucky, strike today. My name is Ronald Coleman, and I live next door to Jack. I hope the man who stole that can will never bring it back. Be happy, go lucky, be happy, go lucky, strike, be happy, go lucky, go lucky, strike today. My name is Mr. Cassidy, to you I'm known as Hoppy. My horse can't understand who'd steal that broken down jalopy. Be happy, go lucky, be happy, go lucky, strike, be happy, go lucky, go lucky, strike today. Woody Woodpecker, I laughed the whole day through. And since they stole Jack Benny's car, I've got a reason to. Well, here it is, Beverly Hills Police Station. What a classy place. Look at that sign over the door. Through these portals pass the toughest policemen in the world. <laughs> Uniforms by Adrian. <laughs> well, I'd better go in. I wonder where I... Oh, there's a girl at that desk. I better ask her. Oh, miss? Yes? I'd like to report a stolen car. Do you have an appointment? <laughs> no, no, I just want to report a stolen car. Well, we're not very busy today. Perhaps we can work you in. Well, good, good. <laughs> uh, you may go to the office on the right and see Sergeant Vandermeer. Well, thank you. Uh, Sergeant Vandermeer? Uh, yes? I'd like to report that my car was stolen. Uh, do you live in Beverly Hills? Yes, yes, I do. What kind of a Cadillac was it? <laughs> well, it, it isn't a Cadillac. Uh, a Lincoln? Well, come, come, mister, what kind of car is it? It's a, a, a Maxwell. From what country? 
No, no, you see, it was made in this country. That is, well, they don't make them anymore, although the factory is still in existence. They make pencil sharpeners. <laughs> they had some cranks left over, so it was easy to convert. <laughs> I see. Now, tell me, from where was your car stolen? Well... Boss! Oh, hello, Rochester. The girl at the desk told me you were in here. Oh, Sergeant, this is my butler, Rochester Van Jones. He discovered the theft. Oh, the butler, eh? <laughs> Sit down, Mr. Van Jones. Huh? Now recount in your own words the events of the entire day. Well... Don't be nervous, Rochester. I'll stand behind you. Well, Mr. Benny left the house at 10 o'clock. He called me out of my room and said... Rochester, I'll be gone all day, so I want you to clean the kitchen, beat the rugs, wash the windows, polish the stove, wax the floors, and press my clothes. That's right, that's right. I remember telling him to do all those things, and I left at 10 o'clock. Now, Rochester, where were you at 10.15? Back in my room, asleep. <laughs> asleep? Rochester. Be quiet, quiet, Mr. Bennett. Tell me, Rochester, when did you first discover that the car was stolen? I heard the motor as it went out the driveway. Oh, I see. You were sleeping, but you just happened to wake up in time to hear the motor. I didn't just happen to wake up. It threw me out of bed. <laughs> now, look here. Uh, just I... a minute, minute, Sergeant. You're suspecting the wrong man. Y yes. Yes, I guess I am. It always happens. For 20 years, I've been listening to mystery programs on the radio, and it's always the butler. Always the butler. They drive you nuts. Why do I keep listening to them? Why? I ask! Why? 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 <laughs> Sergeant, control yourself. Yes. Yes, I must control myself. Now, where were we? Oh, yes, yes. Your car was stolen. Have it here on the report. Make matchful. That's right. Will you give me a description, please? Well, it has a black body with blue fenders. That is... Two of them are blue, and one is green, you see? Uh, what about the fourth one? Well, the color of that one changes. It's made out of lizard skin. <laughs> <laughs> Any other identification? Well, there's a foxtail hanging rather casually over the, you know, from the radiator cap. And now let me see what else. Oh, yes, the, the top goes up and down, you see? Oh, oh, a convertible. No, the top just goes up and down. <laughs> That's right. You see, we have no windshield to fasten it to, and it's uncomfortable wearing that chin strap, you know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, We'd better not waste any more time, Mr. Benny. Now, if you'll just follow me, we'll go down to the radio room and report the theft to our prowl cars. Just follow me. Come on, Rochester. You look at those pictures on the wall. Dillinger, pretty boy Floyd. Oh, look, there's a picture of my agent. <laughs> yeah, I hope I get my car back. Don't worry, Mr. Benny. We'll not only locate your car, but we'll apprehend the criminal. You see, we'll take fingerprints off the steering wheel. Well, maybe you ought to get the fingerprints off the door handle. Why? We haven't got a steering wheel. <laughs> That's ridiculous. What do you do when you get to a corner? How do you make a turn? We jump out and kick the front wheel. <laughs> Rochester. When we get the car they circle, we go crazy. <laughs> Rochester, please. Well, here's the radio room. Oh, before we go in, Mr. Benny, have you thought of a reward? Well, no. 
If I just get my car back, it'll be enough. <laughs> Very well. This way. Calling all cars. Calling all cars. Go to 700 North Rexford. See the man about a disturbance. This is Johnson. That is all. Calling all cars. Calling all cars. Go to the corner of Doheny and Wilshire, code 62. Carrie speaking. That is all. Now, Mr. Benny... Which one of our announcers would you prefer to broadcast the information about your missing car? <laughs> Lieutenant Johnson or Sergeant Carey? Uh, what's the difference? Well, Sergeant Carey has a higher hooper. <laughs> <laughs> More of our prowl cars listen to him. Really popular, really popular, eh? Popular? <laughs> CBS wants to star him in a program called People Are Crooked. <laughs> Oh, what do you know? Sergeant, tell him to send out the alarm about my car. Certainly. Here, Carrie, add this one to your list. Yes, sir. Calling all cars, calling all cars. Keep a lookout for these stolen vehicles. Hudson, license number WY7469, Cadillac, DE3327, Maxwell, PU8054. <laughs> Gee, I hope they find it soon. That is all. Good night, Irene. Gosh, if I don't get my car back, I don't know what I'm going oh, to Mr. do. Oh, Mr. Benny, Mr. Benny. Dennis, what are you doing here? Oh, I had to see you, Mr. Benny. Are you sure somebody stole your car? Of course I'm sure. Why? Well, when I left the studio, I went home. Uh-huh. And when I went into the house, I said, Hello, Mother, somebody stole Mr. Benny's car. And then it happened. What happened? She filled me full of black coffee, put an ice bag on my head, and called Alcoholics Anonymous. <laughs> Alcoholics Anonymous? I go to my first meeting next Tuesday. What? I could go on Thursdays, but I'd rather go with Phil. <laughs> well, you can tell your mother... Car 28 calling in. Car 28 calling in. This may be it, Mr. Benny. This report may concern your car. Oh, good, good. Okay, car 28, come in. We found the Maxwell, license number PU8054. That's it, that's it. The car was found at 360 North Camden Drive. That's my house. They brought it back. <laughs> Watch it. Did you hear that? They brought it back. They this, brought it back. This is the third time. Yeah. <laughs> quiet, quiet, please. Tell me, Car 28, did you apprehend the criminal? Only the one that was limping. The other one got away. You say one of them was limping? Did you shoot him? No, his toe was broken from kicking the front wheel. <laughs> Well, how do you like that? They must have gone by way of Carthay Circle. Come on, Rochester, let's go home. Jack, we'll be back in just a moment, but first... Be happy, go lucky, be happy, go lucky, strike, be happy, go lucky, go lucky, strike today. In science and biology, in math and chemistry, there never was a formula like LSMFT. Yes, luckies get our loudest cheers on campus and on dates. With college gals and college guys, a lucky really race. Be happy, go lucky, be happy, go lucky strike, be happy, go lucky, go lucky strike today. Yes, friends, be happy, go lucky, enjoy your cigarette. For Lucky's always give you perfect mildness. 
In fact, scientific tests confirmed by three independent consulting laboratories prove Lucky Strike is milder than any other principal brand. And together with mildness, you always get rich taste, too. All the deep-down smoking enjoyment that comes from truly fine tobacco. For LSMFT, Lucky Strike means fine tobacco. So, friends, be happy. Go lucky. Try a carton of Lucky Strike. Be happy. Go lucky. Be happy. Go lucky. Strike. Be happy. Go lucky. Go lucky. Strike today. Look, Rochester, the thieves did bring my car back. There it is in front of the house. Yeah. See, I hope they didn't damage it. Jump in, Rochester. See if it'll start. Okay. Do it, Rochester. Listen. Yeah, it was just as good as ever. It certainly is. Good night, folks. Be sure to hear Dennis Day in a day in the life of Dennis Day. Stay tuned for the Amos and Andy show, which follows immediately. That's the CBS to Columbia Broadcasting System. Scott Trotter and his orchestra, Judd Collins with the mayors, and Bing's guests, the Mills Brothers and Ella Fitzgerald. Yes, sir, this is community sing night here on Chesterfield, and with Ella Fitzgerald and the Mills Brothers on hand, I'm prepared to sit back, relax, and enjoy a half hour of wonderful music. I'm afraid you won't be able to sit back and relax for the rest of us, old boy. I don't intend to dog it completely this evening, Ken. I intend to turn the music. (laughs) Seems hardly enough. Well, besides that, I may whistle a few obligatos. You better do some singing, too. Okay, Ken, I shall indeed. It appears our first number is going to be Let's Take an Old Fashioned Walk. So, if the rhythm errors will slip into their ground grippers, I'll grab my loafers and we'll give Shank's mare a fit right here. Some couples go for a buggy ride when they start caring a lot. Others will bicycle side by side out to some romantic spot. But when you have a there's only one thing to do. Let's take an old-fashioned walk. I'm just bursting with talk. What a tale could be told if we went for an old-fashioned walk. Let's take a stroll through the park Down a lane where it's dark And a heart that's controlled may relax on an old-fashioned walk 
I know for a couple who seem to be miles apart. There's nothing like walking and having a heart to heart. I know a girl who declined, couldn't make up her mind. She was wrapped up in soul, coming home from an old-fashioned walk. She was wrapped up in soul, coming home from an old-fashioned walk. Very good, Bing and boys and girls. Thanks, Ken. Thank you very much. Now, don't you think you'd better tell the folks a little about these Chesterfields? For instance, remind them it's the best cigarette to smoke? Oh, mm-hmm. good idea, Bing. And folks, when we say Chesterfield is the best cigarette for you to smoke, we're not just repeating a slogan. We think Chesterfields are best because they're milder. They're really milder. And they taste better. They taste better while you're smoking them. And when you're finished, they leave a clean, fresh taste in your mouth. Right, Bing? Oh, 100%, Ken. Chesterfields are made of the right combination of the world's best tobaccos and the purest of cigarette paper. And when you start out with these ingredients, the best ingredients, you wind up with Chesterfield, the best cigarette for you to smoke. Miss Patty Andrews of the Andrews Sisters, formerly known only as a broad comedian and group singer, steps out as a serious soloist on a new Decca disc, and she sounds great. Here's the song she sings. I can see, no matter how near you'll be, you'll never belong to me. But I can dream, can't I? Can't I pretend? I'm locked in the bend of your embrace For dreams are just like wine And I'm drunk with mine I'm aware my heart is a sad affair there's much disillusion there, but I can dream, can't I, can't I adore you, although we are oceans apart, I can't make you open your But I can dream, can't I? Well, I'm a little excited this evening, a little a twitter, because my favorite singer is here, Ella Fitzgerald. If you should ask me, and although I don't anticipate anyone will, I would be constrained to aver that she starts singing for the rest leave off. Ella, take a bow. <laughs> Ella, it's so nice to have you with us. 
Thank you. It's sure nice to be here. You know what I think the folks would like most to hear is a, is a song that you made so popular on the record a year or so ago, My Happiness. Think you could sing that? Anything you say is okay with me. Wonderful, Ella. Real great. Now, how about you and me having a go at Dreamer's Holiday? Shall we hop aboard that butterfly? How do you ride a butterfly? English or Western saddle? Oh, I think it's just a cinch and a handful of forelock. John Scott, get us airborne, huh? I'm aboard a butterfly. 
Take off on the breeze Let your worries flutter by Do the things you please In the land where dollar bills Have fallen off the trees On a dreamer's holiday Every day for breakfast There's a dish of scrambled stars And for luncheon you'll be munching Rainbow candy bars You'll be living alamode On Jupiter and Mars On a dreamer's holiday Why don't you make it a long vacation Time there is plenty of You need no reservation Just bring along the one you love Help yourself to happiness and Sprinkle it with mirth Close your eyes and concentrate And dream for all your worth You will feel terrific when you get back down to earth from a dreamer's holiday. Make it a long vacation. Time there is plenty of. You need no reservation. Just bring along the one you love Help yourself to happiness And sprinkle it with mirth Close your eyes and concentrate And dream for all your worth You will feel terrific When you get back down to earth From a dreamer's holiday From a dreamer's Stella, if you have as good fun. Please stand by for more of the same later, huh? It's always a kick to uh, greet our next brace of guests, the Frere Mills, Mills Brothers. We've worked together a lot, the boys and I, and tonight I think we have dead aim on some goodies. Ladies and gentlemen, here are the Mills Brothers. Fellas, just before we sashay into the old songs, uh, do you happen to have a bright new sample of your wares? Something topical, current? What's, your, what's the latest uh, hit record you got out Well, right? Bing was sort of like uh, Someday. Oh, I love it. Fine number. Very torchy. Mm-hmm. This should evoke tears and cheers, too, I think. Oh, I hope. I know that someday you'll want me. When I'm in love with somebody else, 
expect me to be true and keep on loving you though I am feeling blue you think I can't forget you until someday you'll want me to want you when I am strong for somebody new and though you don't want me now I'll get alone somehow and Elbow in for one? Why don't you elbow in for two? Two? Yes, yes. Like what? Uh, Lazy River and Paper Doll. Well, the medley might be clever. Okay. <laughs> Up a lazy river by the old mill run. A lazy, lazy river in the noonday sun. Linger in the shade of a kind old tree. Throw away your troubles, dream a dream of me. Up the lazy river where the robin song awaits the bright new morning where we can loaf along. Blue skies of above, everyone's in love. Up the lazy river, how happy you could be. Up the lazy river with me. Oh, up the lazy river by the old mill run. The lazy, lazy river in the noonday sun Linger in the shade of a kind old tree Move away your troubles, dream a dream with me Up the lazy river where the robins sow Oh, it's the bright new morning where we can move along Blue skies up above, everyone's in love up the lazy river, how happy you could be. Up the lazy river with me. Up the lazy river with me. And I'm gonna buy a paper doll that I can call my own. A 
doll that other fellas cannot steal. I do not blame you. And those flirty, flirty guys with their flirty, flirty eyes will have to flirt with dollies that are real. Now when I come home at night, she will be waiting. Who oh, will she? <laughs> She'll be the truest doll in all the world. I'd rather have a paper doll that I can call my own than have a fickle-minded real-life girl. I'm going to buy a paper doll that I can call my own. I don't that other fellows cannot steal. You hope you don't know some. the flirty, flirty guys with their flirty, flirty eyes will have to flirt with dollars that are real. When I come home at night, she will be waiting. Don't bet, Jack, because she'll blow your sack. She'll be the in all this world. I'd rather have a favorite doll that I can call my own than have a big gold-minded real girl. Thanks, thanks, fellas. That was good fun, a lot of fun. Look, don't leave, though. Grab yourself a Chesterfield and we'll get together by and by, huh? The meadows of heaven Listen, my loved ones, all listen to me There's more than the earth and its beauty to see There are green acres where dreamers can go Sure it may sound like fancy But somehow I know Meadows of heaven are always inside the stars of the flowers that bloom in the night, and sure as there's heaven. You'll find that it's true When you're in love Those stars above Are blooming just
Now, folks, Ella Fitzgerald and I have a duet that we worked out this afternoon. A little arrangement here on one of the good old standards. Ella, if you'll start this thing, I'll try and keep out of your way. I'm ready, Mr. C. We'll take a boat to the land of dreams Steam right down that river down to New Orleans The band's gonna meet us I wonder which band they got in the meeting department, Ella Mr. John Scott Trotter's gonna meet us, B Oh, well, that's the finest, delightful, I can hardly wait Where the elite always be on earth they call it Basin Street. Basin Street is the street where the elite always meet down in New Orleans. Land of dreams. You never know how nice it seems or just how much it really means. How'd Mr. Louis Armstrong sing this? Land of dreams. Bobble Duzel, where welcome's free, so I can lose, babe. Oh, mama, the How'd you like old Red Nichols in there on the trumpet? Pretty, pretty steady, wasn't he? Friends, one cigarette may be mild, another may taste good, and the third may give you a cool smoke. But the best cigarette is a cigarette that will give you all three of these things. And that's Chesterfield. Chesterfields are A, always milder, milder than other cigarettes. B, better tasting. They taste better than other cigarettes. And C, cooler smoking. They smoke cooler than other cigarettes. So A, B, C, always buy Chesterfields. And, Bing, let's not forget Chesterfield's birthday gift carton. If anyone you know has a birthday coming up, give them 200 milder Chesterfields in the new birthday gift carton. 
It's a bright package in red and blue and gold with pictures of Arthur Godfrey, Bing Crosby, and Perry Como. Right, Ken. I have a deck of record out uh, currently. It's done with the Fred Waring Glee Club. A song called Way Back Home. John Scott Trotter's arranged this number especially for the show tonight to include the entire cast. Here's Way Back Home with Ella Fitzgerald, the Mills Brothers, the Rhythmers, and myself. The roads are the dustiest, the winds are the gustiest, the gates are the rustiest, the pies are the crustiest, the songs the lustiest, the Friends, the trustiest way back home. The trees are the sappiest, the days are the nappiest, the dogs are the happiest, the kids are the scrappiest, the jokes, the jokes, the snappiest, and the folks, the folks, the happiest way back home. I don't know why I left the homestead I really must confess I'm just a weary exile Singing my song of loneliness The grass is the springiest The bees are the singiest the birds are the wingiest, the bells are the ringiest, the hearts the singiest, the arms the clingiest, way back home. The sun is the blaziest, the fields are the daisiest, the cows are the graziest. The help is the laziest, the boys, the boys the wittiest, the girls, the girls the prettiest, way back home. The pigs are the snootiest, the owls are the moodiest, the plants are the fruitiest. The stars are the shootiest, the grins, the grins, the funniest, the smiles, the smiles, the sunniest. Way back I don't know why I left my homestead. I really must confess I'm just a weary exile. Singing my song of loneliness. The home food's the spreadiest, the old wine the headiest. The old pal's the readiest, the home gal's the steadiest. The love, the love the liveliest, the life, the life the loveliest. Way about it for this session. I'd like to thank Ella Fitzgerald and the Brothers Mills 
for their melodious visit this evening. Really nice. Who uh, joins us next week, Bing? Well, next Wednesday, Ken, we fling the doors open for family night. My little niece, Kathy Crosby, drops in with a song. Oh, Bob's little girl? The very same. But Robert tells me that since her last visit, Kathy's learned another tune. <laughs> I'm sure Bob will escort her to the microphone. You think Bob's learned another tune, too? Oh, yes. We have a very nice duet planned. Good night, Ken. Good night, Bing. Good night, folks. See you next week for Chesterfield, the best cigarette for you to smoke. The Bing Crosby Show for Chesterfield is produced and transcribed in Hollywood by Bill Morrow and Murdo McKenzie. Tune in next week and hear the Bing Crosby Show with Bing's guests, Bob Crosby and Kathy Crosby. The George Burns and Gracie Allen Show follows immediately. <laughs>